Welcome to the journey of a singer with me, your host, Nick Pritchard. Today, I am back with my best friend, automotive designer, and first returning podcast guest, Alexi Andreev. This episode is all about the gym, nutrition, debating the bro science, and our approach to philosophy and everyday life. The episode was an opportunity for Alexi and I to catch up with each other, and we covered all of life's most important topics, such as Mike Mensa's training techniques, are Rice Krispies a good energy source, and how World War II shapes our modern-day perspective. So sit back and enjoy with today's marvellous guest, Alexi Andreev. Dude. That's it, we've started. Yeah, we started. Yeah, we're we're back. Back in the game, baby. <laughs> back in the game. Dude, how's it feel to be back on season two? Oh, bro, two? it's amazing. Season two, the biggest, biggest season, season yet. so far. Yeah. <laughs> you're the first re- repeat guest I've had. Look at that. But you're going to be on every season, dude. Every season. Oh, yeah. Bigger, bi- every season I'll be bigger getting by bigger, the day. bigger each season, stronger each season. Bigger di- bigger by the day. Mike Mensa training method will pay off, baby. Oh, dude, I can't wait to get stuck. We're going to get into that. that. How, what have you been up to? Uh, let me think. Just working more, but there's not really anything I can talk about out there. Growing. You've been training hard. But you've been training. I've been training. I've been training hard, but I've been training... Um, Less. This is something we need to... Mike Mensa, Every time we've messaged each other, this topic has come up and we've always wanted to save it for the podcast. Yeah. So I feel like we just jump in and address it now. Yeah, that's right. From what I understand, you are training by the principles that Mike Mensa... Yeah, right now I'm trying it out. I'm trying it out. Which is what exactly? Well, okay. So firstly, we agree that everybody claims to have one single method to train. So Lee Haney is like, oh, you should train seven times a week or you should train all the time. And then that other dude I sent you to, I don't remember his name, but he was like, oh, you should train each body part, each session. So everyone tries to claim to have the answer. So potentially the Mike Mentor thing is the same. Maybe it's just him talking crap basically and just saying that he has the answer. But because I want to do a lot of work and I don't have time to train super often, I'm just going to try this method of essentially the Mike Mensa training method, which says that you should train maximum once every three or four days and each body part you should train once every two weeks. So that's what I'm doing. So I'm doing chest, two weeks break, and then a chest again. And then in the meantime, I'm doing back. That's on a two week break. I did that the other day, so I'm not doing that for two weeks. You know, arms, biceps, legs, all that good stuff. And for people who think that sounds counterintuitive, we should point out that professional bodybuilders, including Mike Mentzer, have used that technique to prepare yeah. for shows. He invented it, yeah. And and Dorian Yates used it. And Dorian Yates became the biggest freak. He basically changed bodybuilding. I, I struggle with it because our mentality is very much work hard, go yeah. get it. And I just think it, it goes against what we, like the Arnold mentality of he would train for three hours i remember him a video of him going oh and in the build-up to the show i would overtrain myself i'd want to turn up to the show overtrained and people would tell me this was ridiculous but this is what works for me this is the thing it's funny because mike mensah hated arnold so much like he literally (laughs) hated him and i think he talked a lot of crap about him and basically was essentially saying how dumb it was that he was doing like three or four hours and to be honest i probably agree that it's probably just Mike Mensa hating on Arnold there. Mm. But like we said, for, in my case, it, I don't really have much choice because if I train too often, I feel like I'll distract from my work. So in this case, I don't really have much choice. But 
I do think it still makes logical sense because well, there's one thing that he said in, in one of the videos where I was like, oh, crap, that makes a lot of sense. He's like, if you're a bodybuilder, have you noticed every time you take two weeks off, you come back stronger? But then every time if you train like consistently every week, you're not really necessarily like consistently gaining strength. And I was like, damn, that's literally everything that always happens to me because I train chest. Then a week later, I train chest. Let's say I hit like a peak. Hmm. And then a week later, I'd have like a really bad session. And it's almost like every other session was a good session. Mm. But still, I wouldn't like properly progress each time. It, I was kind of like floating around. Yeah. But then since I've started doing that, damn, every single session, I'm a little bit stronger. Yeah, and your progress has been great. Every time you message me, you've been lifting Yeah, weights. bro, I lift more. Today, when we do chest later, I'm going to be lifting even more. I'm going to do 115, at least 11 reps. Dude, you're going to destroy me. You're it's going to be awesome. Me. It's really funny. So at the moment, we're kind of on absolute opposite. We're on opposites, baby. Because I set myself a target at the start of this year to exercise every single day that was it that's what we were going to talk about we yeah. were going to talk about whether it's worth actually doing so that. not missing a single day however that's not weights every day so to be clear okay. yeah. my, my split at the moment is monday legs Woo. tuesday is a hit class which is yeah. high intensity i do a class called one rebel which is you change between sprinting and then like light weights and there's no there's no break like you're out yeah. of breath your whole it's a whole body workout right. you're fucked by the end of it it's like 45 minutes long cardio cardio weight sprint it gets yep. all your energy systems so that's tuesday on wednesday i do upper body so chest and arms yep thursday i either do a track session at mm -hmm. the athletics track and that's tough that's really tough or i do a lighter cardio session depending okay. on how i'm feeling yeah so i might go for like a spin class or something so that's just pure cardio yeah friday's upper body again but this time back and abs Yep. Saturday is going to be, Saturday or Sunday is going to be my yoga or Pilates. So that's kind of a recovery day. Yeah. yeah There's yeah. no stress that's more on like the body. Recovery, yeah. But I'm getting some stretching, stretching in, I'm getting some core in. And then Sunday, I do my power days, which is my Olympic lifts. So I'm doing snatches, cleans, kind of heavy weights, but like really powerful. Um, and then I tailor it. So if I'm feeling really tired for whatever reason, then I'll just do less weight. or So I'm not, I don't okay. feel like I'm overtraining. Yeah. I just, for me, it's a psychological thing. if you're doing less thing. weight, what's the point of doing it? Okay, so If you're not going all out in the session, what's the point? That my point is, I'm not doing it to get bigger and stronger necessarily. Okay. I'm doing it for the psychological okay. element of yeah. not breaking the cycle. Part of it is the psychological thing. Tomorrow's not going to be the day that I miss, right? Because I yeah. have to go every single day. Part of it is an all-round health thing. You'll find that when you exercise, not only are you not eating during that window because you're exercising, yeah. but you're then eating a bit better before and after because you're like, oh, I'm about to train, I'll have this, or oh, I've just finished training and my body feels like it needs a protein shake, for example. And you're much better at utilizing food. Yeah. Whereas if you don't train, your cellular activity is quite low. I agree. And then your metabolism is quite low. And then when you eat stuff, it does things differently to your body than if you had trained. So for me... I think I can't argue with that. That's, a, that's definitely the thing that I miss most from the idea of if you train less often and more hardcore, I fully agree. I wish I, probably if I could ideally, I'd train same times as I do. And then on the other days, I'd do like rowing machine cardio mm. or something like that. Some, so, something that isn't just like running because I don't really like running. Would Mike Mentor do that? 
Would they do? What's, he what said cardio. <laughs> he wow. said cardio. I'm pretty sure he said cardio is like the dumbest thing you <laughs> can do. <laughs> Woo! What did he die of? I think he was a drug addict. To be fair, oh, okay. I think he died. I'm not sure. I don't know. We'll Google it. <laughs> but um, I think if you're going for overall health, doing just weights like two or three yeah. times a week isn't the best thing. Oh, it's not bad for you. I agree. Obviously. I agree. It's, it's great. For I agree. You, but I think you've got to get a variety in there. I think you've got to be a hybrid human, ready for anything, ready if you want to go boxing, or if you want to go swimming or yeah. cycling or like yeah. climbing up a wall or yeah. lifting heavy weight. Or you, you've got to be able to do everything like Spartan. Like I a, agree. Like a Greek warrior. That's yeah, because this is the thing ultimately. Look, I can feel my cardio isn't... <laughs> Isn't great. <laughs> Woo, we don't care. <laughs> but dude, I'll tell you this: when we go, if I could, I would do that. I would, I would yeah. do like, yeah, cardio. And if you, when we go to the gym later today, you, I'm 100 percent sure you'll destroy me on chest because you. Well, I don't think so, but I think you. Uh, what you'll see though, definitely, I'll improve from my last strength, but I mm. still, I don't know. Well, I, I've gone down, I would say. Really? Because I like fucked up you fucked my shoulder. Up your chest, yeah. Yeah. So the last time we trained together, we went so hard. Yeah. I didn't get injured then. But then 10 days later, I trained chest again. And okay. I was still like super pumped from the session we had. Okay. I pulled something in my left pec. And then I, I kind of healed it, but then went back to bench pressing. Then I had this uh, fitness shoot. And so I basically had to like, train through it. And then when I stopped the fitness shoot, my body was like, okay, now we can let you know that we're aching. Had a massage on it the other day. It was, there was some but this is why I think, you you know, we, were, we said we were going to discuss this. So right mm. now, you can't miss a day until Christmas, right? Yes. But what, okay. But, but, so for my shoulder, yeah, I could work around it. So for example, I But could, why don't you give your body a week's break to just help it heal? But from what? Like well, the, like... I could do yoga that whole week. Yeah, yoga that whole week. And just stretch off. So that still counts as your... My bare minimum... still count. My bare minimum is a 40-minute yoga class or 40-minute Pilates class. But I kind of said to myself, and I didn't etch this in stone, but I kind of said only doing one of those a week as a recovery day. Um, And then I have like a slow cardio day because those really don't put stress on the body. If you're doing yoga or if you're doing Pilates... Dude, you could do five hours of that a day and you would actually be be fine. You're not yeah. stressing the body that Exactly, much. yeah. Um, but Dude, you're right. I, you should, I agree. You should I totally do the agree. session, do yeah. the session and then take two weeks of yoga only, no training, and I bet you you'll come back so much stronger. Because I was thinking, okay, this is- I'm actually my, tempted to do that. Honestly, you should do that. I, okay, so another thing I was listening to, and I can't quite remember the analogy, so maybe I'll change it a little bit, but Mike Mentzer was saying something about if you dig a hole- Mm. <laughs> something about digging look I, the way i describe it is let's say you had like a plant right uh-huh. and if you were to cut a leaf off right obviously it would like grow back and maybe it would grow back more okay but if you keep cutting off a piece of the leaf before it has time to grow back it's counterproductive you're essentially going to just slowly like i get what chop you're that saying. plant up so the thing is if you train too often especially if you train super, super hard, mm. then your body's always going to be trying to catch up so you won't have time for it to fully rebuild. Yeah. Do, but I, doesn't I, that make sense? It does make sense. So coming, looking at it from a performance point of view, when I was playing rugby and we yeah. had the top S&C strength and conditioning coaches, top nutritionists yep. 
and some of the top rugby coaches in the country and we had the yeah. best team in the country at Exeter and at Exeter University. Our training schedules, what they they call it, um, it's not tapering, it's um, like tiered. Mm -hmm. so basically, it changes throughout the year. Yeah. And you have something called pre-season, okay. which is two to three months. And in pre-season, you are training three, four times per day. Right. You're doing a swim in the morning. You're doing weights. Then you're playing rugby, and then you're doing an afternoon rugby session. So you do, you would do weights every single day. You would do weights maybe three. You would do three heavy weight sessions a week usually. But then you've got all the other stuff on that. Your body's getting hit. Your body you're getting like physically hit as yeah. well, which is a big difference. Um, and so I was very aware, and I understand the importance of rest and recovery. I think it's so important. And I don't think what I'm doing exercising every day is the best way to get the best out of your body i think it does need rest and recovery um but i think we're way more capable of things than we realize as humans because most people have never been in a situation before where they've had to train three four times a day yeah. five times a week um and and run into like 120 kilogram people that are hitting you back yeah yeah um that that set me up to realize i could do anything and what i'm doing now in comparison to that yeah, it's is like nothing, nothing. man. Yeah, it's yeah. really nothing. When I stopped playing rugby, I found it so easy to keep in shape because I wasn't aching. I, I'd go to the gym and I'd be like, oh my God. my!" So that means before when you were doing that, you were basically like aching all the time. All the time. It's not good for you. We, You would get to the point where you're in season and most rugby players can agree with this. You're basically working round injury. You, you, what's you the, always what's the have point something. of them doing that? Because... It's a comparative, I think there's two things. It's a comparative thing. If you survive pre-season, you're like survival of the fittest, literally. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, the workload drops because the focus is on the gameplay. And okay. and they do taper this, the pre-season. It's not like, yeah. they, they slowly taper off so that when you come into season, you're at a good point. So it's almost like a selection, basically. <laughs> it, part of it like is... A, like a natural selection. Part of that is a bit to do with natural selection, but part of it is to do with you should be able to keep up to the standard. And if you can then the rest of the season in comparison is going to be easy. And I can say for sure, because I missed one preseason because of an injury once, that going straight into the season without having done that, you're constantly paying catch up and it constantly oh, really? feels like you're being hit back. Damn. But when you've built your body up like that, it's not just your bone density, your tendon strength, the way in which your muscles react to getting hit, it all changes, you adapt. Your body adapts to whatever stimuli like, yeah. you give it. I think most people just haven't been in a variety of stimuli surely you go to the gym and you lift weights that's one form of stimuli yeah i agree and then ultimately no carry on and, and then you get used to it basically if you or i right now we went for a boxing class like when's the last time you went for a box like punching a bag or something like that probably ages right basically never and then <laughs> <laughs> the first when i did these fights in um, oh yeah the boxing fight the first training session I did was just like boxing. The next day, my biceps were on fire. Oh, yeah. Because you're lengthening the muscle so much that it's kind of like pulling oh, on the tent. Like I'd just been bunching them up in the gym. But the next day, I was like, oh, my God, I've got the most doms in my arms. It's I bet. You're so right, though, ultimately. Here's the thing. I think the best bodybuilding method probably, I, I do think is probably the Mike Mentzer, Dorian Yates thing, whatever. But you're fully right. Ultimately, bodybuilding as a sport is kind of, uh, I don't know how to describe it, but it's a bit... 
It's not healthy. It's not healthy. It's not about health. It's about getting as big as possible. So you are actually right. You know, ultimately, I mean, the rugby is an example or any athlete. Like, in, athletes don't train three times a week. They train way more often. Look at the best. It's way more healthy. Look at the Tiger Woods. Look at the LeBron James. Look, all of these people that are, like, at the top of their sporting game. Yeah. Those guys are, like constantly training constantly yeah i agree but that but then also like that's because maybe with a sport it's a little bit different because with a sport you're training the sport like Mm. the action of the sport so like you're doing the golf let's say tiger woods you're doing like the actual golf skill so it's a little bit different 100 percent, it is different but then you look at olympic weightlifters as well they're doing it yeah i wonder how often they train i think i think they're split because matt murray's brother was super good at olympic lifts. really I think their split is three sessions a week of, and they taper it as well. So one week might be power. So they're going like slightly lighter weight, but they're working on the speed. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Then once, but see, three sessions a week, that's kind of similar. Yeah. But that's, that's the same as rugby, by the way. Rugby was okay. three weight sessions a week, heavy stuff. Okay, there you go. And, and also, by the way, what I'm saying now, exercising every day, the reality is I'm only doing three to four weight sessions a week. Mm-hmm. So you definitely, like, if you're... I mean, good God, if you're training weights every day, that's definitely not good. Yeah. Every day to be training weights. To be honest, optimally, I would do that. I would do workout, heavy lifting intense once every four days. And then the other days, if I had time, if I was just like, you know, living on an island and had unlimited time, I would, yeah, I would do like, you know, badminton and boxing mm, and all the stuff mm. the other day. Even if you're just walking or being active or swimming, yeah. all that stuff, man. Yeah. It's, it's better than like part of the bad, part of our society now is everything is sitting down in front of a desk and that well let me give you a contra okay here's a controversial opinion yeah okay which i know you'll disagree with because i think you do a lot of this but man i'm so sick of like walking counting as cardio because here's the thing right i honestly okay i'm probably fully wrong because i I, think I don't the necessarily best, disagree. Because I think the best cardio is like isn't don't they say is like 70% of your capacity yeah. like UT2, whatever it's called. Yeah. But I don't know when, when people are like, oh yeah, I walked, I like I walked for cardio. It's like, yeah, it's, I'm healthy. I'm walking a lot. I Surely that can't count like walking. Like my granddad walks places and whatever. My yeah. grandparents, it's not, it doesn't count. There's a baseline level of what is called being human. Yeah. Cause we've gotten to the point now where like, I know people who they'll be like, yeah, I did a bit of this. I did a bit of, I walked a little bit today. So I, oh, I, I got my steps in today. That's yeah. pretty good. What are you, a toddler? Yeah. That's so ridiculous. Well done. That's you... insane. That's, that is literally like baseline. Uh, it's baseline. Yeah. I mean, it's great. If you're a fat person, the best thing you can do to start getting into exercise is start walking. Yeah. It's the best thing you can yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's course. stage one. In that like, case, is, that's different. Yeah, it's this, different. It's the best way to get you going. That's that's the base level. That's stage one. Yeah. I, I don't count that in my exercise. No, no, That no. does not count. When I'm talking about exercising every day, if I've gone for a long walk, that does not count. Yeah, I agree. To be clear. I agree. Um, the one thing I was doing in the build-up for my preparation for the photo shoot, which... Mm-hmm. Just a quick note on that. I managed to not only keep my weight, yeah. but I managed to drop down to six and a half, seven percent body fat yeah. at the same weight. So I'd put on muscle. Everything you would want from an exercise regime, I achieved. Yeah. I looked the best I've ever looked. Yeah, that was awesome. One thing I took on board, and I've never done this before, is like going on the step master as that low level cardio, but for Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler style. Jay Cutler shout out Stepmaster. Yeah, Stepmaster baby. 
And it was it was burning 750 calories when I was going on there for like 45 minutes, for example. And part of the reason I was doing that is because I wanted to get rid of the fat without using my glycogen stores. Because if you do intense exercise, like the stuff I'm talking about, the hit classes or the running at the track, you're using carbohydrates to do that. And that's being sucked out of your muscle. I wanted to use all the carbs that I was getting for lifting weights. Um, so a lot of the cardio I was doing was low level fat burning because you're in that fat burning zone. Um, yeah. You're not particularly out of breath that much, but you're sweating a lot and you're using fat as the primary source. That actually makes a lot of sense. That Yeah, that what you just said about the glycogen. And, and that's what all the bodybuilders do. Like mm. Ronnie Coleman did that, Jay Cutler, the Stairmaster. So Stairmasters, I, I would count that as exercise. Yeah, Stairmaster for sure. You're burning yeah, yeah. A, a lot of calories. Yeah, Stairmaster for sure. Because you're literally walking up, mm. uh, you know, many, 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 many flights of stairs. Yeah. But when people say, when people count like, when people are like, yeah, I did this many steps. Like if you go to London for a walk and you're like, oh, I did this many steps. Yeah, it's not. Come it's on, bro. We, we, we're so, our perspective of what it is to be a healthy human is so warped now because you're comparing it to what a bad human is. And because the amount of bad stuff available in mm -hmm. terms of food and lack of exercise is so great, you feel healthy just by having less of the bad stuff when in actual fact you're not being that healthy. If you look at the food options we have this day and age, Back when Mike Mensah was lifting, they didn't have any of that stuff, the processed foods that we have available now. Another thing that I realized from doing this show prep. Wait, why is it not healthy? Purely out of interest. How come it's not healthy? If you look at the ingredients of what's actually in there, it isn't just chicken. Chemicals. And a burger and bread, right? Bread should have four ingredients in it. Bread in the supermarket has about 30 ingredients in it, including sugar, which like, why is there sugar in there? It's got, you know, rapeseed oils, it's got emulsifiers, lectins. It's got all these things which are designed so that their shelf life is longer and they taste better, they're more addictive, that they make you want and crave more of it. Pretty clear in the science now that the more processed food that you eat, the less you're going to live. That's a clear correlation now. Um, but going back to the point of like Mike Mentor's day and age and the bodybuilding prep, I was on such a strict diet that included just plain pure ingredients, sweet potatoes, chicken, even the way in which the chicken's cooked with the certain oils or the amount of salt and all that was accounted for. All I was eating was chicken, sweet potato and veg. And I felt so good because I was getting rid of all the processed stuff. Next time you're in a shop and you look at your basket, pick out the healthiest thing that you think is healthy. And unless it's a raw ingredient, like a raw piece of fruit or vegetable look at the ingredients you'll probably be shocked you probably won't know what 90 percent of those it's ingredients insane. are. it is actually insane as soon as you buy something in a restaurant or something that's ready-made you're giving over to the other person so what, what's wrong with us we understand that we understand how bad all that stuff is yet we just had a burger king we're addicted our bodies is that what it is yeah so it changes the way your brain functions you're trying to justify the reasons as to why you're doing this and not preparing your own food. The reality of it is, if you're wanting to be as healthy as possible, you should be preparing most of your food, and it should be done in the healthiest way possible. But why don't we do it? Well, because we're, we're addicted. We're, your bodies get to a point where it wants to be in constant homeostasis, so it adapts to the level of like shit you're giving it. And mm -hmm. as soon as you d dip under that level and you strip it back, 
your body goes out of homeostasis and is like, no, we need more of that shit. We need more. But do you think we're addicted or do you think it's like a convenience thing? Both. Because I think it's more a convenience thing because probably if I had the option to have like a chicken and rice raw meal, I'd probably pick that. But the cost, the time, like for example, we got here, we had 10 minutes. It's harder to find than you think. That's hard, yeah. It's, it's really hard. I am at the point where I'd happily spend as much money as possible to eat in the healthiest way. And even in town, trying to find something that is convenient, healthy, actually healthy. Even, dude, even like a Nando's, like the sauce that they're putting it in has got like 30 ingredients on the sauce and it's just chicken. But it isn't just chicken. Even if you go to Tesco right now, you pull off chicken from the shelves, like chicken drumsticks, it's got dextrose in it. Like really? why? Why does but not it have, raw chicken? You mean like not cooked raw chicken, chicken, like cooked drumsticks? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Preservatives, preservatives, and stuff. all that stuff. So the best thing anybody can do for their health, if you're in a big city like London, you're living a busy life, is to take the time out, and that's the problem. Most people, including you and I, don't have that time to meal and prep. Then all the all the influencers say you shouldn't spend time cooking. Who says that? Uh, what's his name? Not Andrew Tate, but who's the property guy who's always in like a suit? Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. I He's always that. like, you, what, if you're spending time cooking a meal, that's a waste of your time, blah, 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 blah. You should just eat eat food out or whatever. It makes it harder because you're like, oh, should I be? If you Okay, if you have his level of wealth, yeah, then you can go to top restaurants and you can say, cook this fish and don't put any of the shit on it. The problem is that's going to cost you like 30, 40 quid for a meal of fish, whatever. Like if you're out and about and you're in London and you're an average person that just wants to buy something from Tesco's. What's the, per all right, let's construct the perfect, would you, we're in London, we're looking at G-Shocks and mm -hmm. watches, we're exploring, we're hungry, we've only got Tesco's and whatever, Sainsbury's. Okay. This isn't what even, are we going to get? This isn't even theoretical because this is what I have to decide on a day-to-day -day yeah. basis so what if, do we get what's what's our assuming i haven't meal prepped right you so haven't i meal haven't prepped. meal prepped which is the biggest mistake so far because i'm now at the mercy of whatever's in tesco's okay the first thing you can find in tesco's which you can eat and is readily available and you can just pull it straight out of the um, meal deal section is boiled eggs those boiled eggs come with two boiled eggs one pound ten pence and the ingredients is just boiled eggs and they go off very quickly. There's no preservatives in them. So that's the first thing you can get. One of the worst things you can do is pull off like one of the sandwiches or wraps or like... Getting those, a meal deal. Yeah, a meal deal. All of that stuff is terrible for you. The second best thing, which is actually great, again, you could have this if you were prepping your stuff, is prawns. So the prawns are ready to eat and it's just prawns. So you've got prawns, you've got eggs. Those two things in themselves are like great. Now, ideally, you want some kind of like vegetable carbohydrates, like some sweet potato and some like a little bit of salad. Or Maybe something. a banana. Sometimes I do that. Banana. banana is a good one. Banana is a good one, especially before because it's still a cheap too. Yes, and doesn't it? It's not as sugary, right? I mean, so far as fruits go, I think it's it. The way in which the banana is made is is great for like a pre workout. Okay, because it does increase your blood glucose level, but that's not a bad thing. Um, so banana is definitely another good one um, but it's hard it's really hard and I, I've had to like think about this a lot because I'm always in town what about if you want a protein shake drink mm -hmm. okay instead of getting a Huel or whatever is on the shelves mm. is it not better to just get milk so there's a couple of arguments there 
and I'm not an expert. This is just like yeah, just but our, let's just discuss our it. Our yeah. science opinions. So milk. Firstly, apparently, if you fed the milk that's in the supermarkets to a calf that needs milk to survive, they would die because it's been pasteurized so much that it's basically boiled and preserved in a way which isn't normal for milk. Like back in the day, going back to the times of Mike Mensa, milk would come round in glass bottles and there'd be a milkman that would give it to you and you'd have to drink it within a few days because it would go off. And that's why they had people going around giving out the milk bottles. But pasteurized is just, it's just boiled. Yeah, it's just boiled. Why is that bad? Um, That's quite good, no, because it makes it keeps it keeps fresh the bacteria. For longer. Um, I actually don't know too much about it. I'd have to look more into that. I don't know. So I don't think milk is bad. I personally still drink milk. A lot of the population in Europe, as they get older, become lactose intolerant, and that's just a genetic thing. A lot of Europeans are able to still process um, lactose, but a lot of them can't as well as they get older. That gene kind of switches off, um, and then you start to get. Uh, gastrointestinal problems which that's just a personal thing you you'd have to realize that yourself um milk's got a bit of sugar in but it's got good protein in the problem with the protein shakes is like arguably they're the ready made ones they're even more processed and they've got like the like think of all the processed stuff in like if you pick up a protein shake you turn around you start reading the ingredients i think our perspectives of food is actually so warped. I actually don't think people that are born past the age of 2000 that didn't see the milkman go past, that didn't see the facts that you had to go to the grocers, to the bakery, to the meat and poultry. You had to go to all those individual places. But now, since we've had a supermarket and people are obsessed with shelf life and profit, then your only options are really unhealthy options. Unless you're... You now have to pay a premium to get the healthier, less... It's a shame, isn't it? Because it's so much cheaper to eat yeah. crap. Yeah, it is. Uh, really... There's a way to... Well, there's a way to... When I was doing this meal prep stuff, I felt like I learned so much because I was having... But I mean, what for the situation oh, we're saying, yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. much cheaper to So to the, bo the bottom line crap. is, if you want to save money and be healthy, then it, my advice is this, and I got into a little routine of it. You buy sweet potatoes, right? It's, a, it's between 50 pence and a pound per kilo, depending on where you shop. You chop that up, into like almost chip sizes or cubes or whatever is easiest. You put that in the oven for 30 minutes. Whilst that's in the oven, you've also got chicken breast in there and you've also got some courgette in there. Um, and then you've- And that's some cheap. Cheap, really cheap. cheap. You put some herbs on it, that's fine. Some salt on it, that's fine. Some pepper on it, that's fine. Even if you're like not on a super strict diet and you want it to taste a little bit better, maybe put a little bit of honey on. But as soon as you outsource another sauce, as in like literal sauce, onto the chicken, you're at the mercy of what they've put in that sauce, which is usually about 15 different ingredients. So if you want a bit of sauce on there... Honey is a good one. That's honey, a good idea. Tinned uh, tomatoes, chopped up tomatoes on there because you're getting a bit of the, the flavour. There's, there's, there's tasty ways to be on like a bodybuilder diet. And then the other thing you've got is rice. Now, the problem that I encountered was, because I'm out so much, how do I get the rice? Because rice is actually potent to food poisoning more people i think get food poisoning from rice than they do chicken or, or meat um people don't realize that right if your rice isn't cooled down or stored properly it's actually you could get poison from it you can get food poisoning from it so what i bought was and this was 19 pound off amazon and it was amazing is a little cooler bag that i put my meals in at the start of the day and it's still cool by the time i get home so it's like a little mini fridge that i'm carrying around so basically the extra effort you have to go in 
And I did find this annoying, to be honest, because I'm someone that accounts for each like m moment of life. I basically ended up losing an hour a day. I lost an hour a day to prep my food, uh, but I found that it was cheaper, healthier, harder, because it takes a lot of adjustment. Your body doesn't like it. It doesn't like the fact that you're not picking up like a quick, easy carb or, or something that's got like a nice taste to it. Um, it's, it's tough, but like you'll live longer. What about salmon? What do we think about salmon? Because I've, I've saw, seen some like TikToks. Apparently salmon is like the worst food you can eat because it, unless it's wild. The, the mercury poisoning, is that what they're uh, I think that's more tuna, but tuna. apparently farmed salmon is so bad for yeah. you. Oh. Uh, but I don't really know like the specifics. It's also, is this is part of the problem is we don't know where that stuff's come from or how it's been farmed or how what that fish is eaten or has that cow been injected with hormones or has that chicken been caged all its life and we're eating part of the stressed meat thing. It's so difficult. Salmon in itself, I'm sure is healthy for you. Like, yeah, good, if it's wild, then it's definitely is. so good. Yeah. And when I'm out, this is a little hack actually. I found that when I was on holiday and when I was out in town at restaurants, um, that would be when I, I got most out of shape because I'm like, oh, I'm on holiday. Oh, I'm out. I can have whatever I want at this restaurant. What I found is you can still enjoy your time at a restaurant if you order the fish because the fish generally comes with some veg. It still tastes nice and it has like some good sauce on it. But restaurant level fish is way nicer than any fish I could make. Way nicer. Whereas restaurant level steak isn't. I could Dude, probably do a better anybody job. Anybody who buys steak at a restaurant, unless it's unless you're really, really rich to where you don't care about the money you lose or unless it's... I don't know. I can't even think of a, another good reason other than that. It's such a waste of money. Unless you fancy steak and you're not concerned about the money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 I but mean, other than that, it's such a waste. It's such a waste. I so agree. Like getting fish is so much better because it's so much harder to cook nicely yourself. Yeah. And prepare as well, especially if it has bones in or like fish dishes are the go-to if you want to stay healthy and you're on holiday. Like, dude, the Mediterranean, if you're in Greece, right? The Mediterranean diet and the the amount of beautiful food you can get straight from the sea, they're like, pull out. Not. I've literally, when I was in um, one of these islands in Greece, I literally walked past this guy pulling a octopus out of the, the boat and just sl no way. slinging it onto the, the thing to dry out outside the restaurant. And meanwhile, they're serving the octopus from like the day before or the last one that they caught. And oh, they're serving so it to good. people. Straight from, when we went to this island in Brazil... They put in a net into the into the sea, pulled out some freaking prawns or whatever they were, cooked them in front of us and served it to us. And we were like... I bet that was so good. So good. Oh. So good. So our perspective of food living in a big city is just so warped. Oh, the best way to live longer if you live in a city, because it's really hard, is to make the sacrifice to, to do a bit of meal prep. And even if it's one or two meals cutting back a little bit from from having to outsource from elsewhere i don't know what do you do on your day to day what do you prep for? well actually because i've been eating clean recently i do similar i do potatoes and then instead of sweet potatoes i prefer potatoes mm. so i do potatoes and chicken wings which i just do in the oven mm -hmm. and i just add salt on them and they do have way more fat than the chicken breast but that's not bad though man i think the animal fat's probably good yeah i mean there's so the problem is with animal fat stuff it you there'd literally be like a podcast where there's like a pro animal fat expert 
debating with an anti-animal fat expert mm. and each of them is like making valid points like quoting a study this and that and dude we have no fucking clue but my intuition reckons that it's probably not that bad for you so i'm just going on the risk so i'll just have oven cooked with just with salt chicken and then just potatoes sometimes rice nice and that's pretty much it and then for breakfast cocoa pops because i think they're pretty like the cheap cocoa pops not cocoa pops which are the non-sugar ones rice pops rice pops yeah rice right dude rice krispies not cocoa pops because they're pretty much when i look at the ingredients there's like four ingredients there's basically like rice something else and a couple of other <laughs> a couple of, no but bro it's mainly like it's basically just like baked rice i think well it's out of the all of them it's probably one of the best it's probably ones. the healthiest but i i would say that if you are going to have carbs for breakfast then the best way to do it is probably oats if you are going to go for it yeah like but a, but i've seen some tiktoks which are really anti oats yeah, now yeah well well there's but why oats what's the difference who cares? like uh, generally what's the difference between the oats and the and the so I, from what i understand I'm, i we can look it up but i think rice krispies has like corn starch and corn syrup like there's other stuff let's, let's look have a look let's, have, let's a look. have a look whilst you're doing that i'll talk about oats yeah so oats is the least processed cereals that you can get I don't think there's any other cereal you can have in the morning. Another thing that's really good that I was doing during my bodybuilding prep was overnight oats. Have you 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 said Darina had them, right? Yeah, overnight oats. So you put like some chia seeds in with the oats and yep. then like a scoop of protein powder. It tastes delicious. And um if you are going to have personally I don't like to have carbs too early in the morning, but that's just me. I know that um a lot of people do. But well, Rice Krispies, I'm sure. I'm just looking it up. Rice Krispies Tesco ingredients i'm fairly sure there's more than just rice dude there's like four ingredients i'm telling you it's okay. so good okay tesco rice snaps 85p. are these hold up are these the tesco's own brand yes okay so they're healthier that's different to the rice Krispies. exactly they're healthier that's what i get okay let me, and it's cheaper so let let's look it. at the ingredients so as a macros breakdown ooh, okay a little bit more than four okay rice mm -hmm. sugar so that's the first one. It's like, why put sugar in there? It's to taste better. It's okay, but, more. but, okay. But anyway. Rice, sugar, barley malt extract. Barley malt extract. Which is an amazing supplement. <laughs> <laughs> Salt. Okay, let's go through this and we'll say which one's good and which one's bad and okay, which one's okay, neutral. Okay. So rice, good. Sugar, neutral. <laughs> neutral. <laughs> no, neutral because there's not a lot. Okay, because we're going to look up the macros after. Okay. So sugar, neutral, uh, pending, pending decision. Okay, I would say bad, personally. Okay, say Pen bad. we'll say bad slash pending decision. We're going to, maybe I agree with you, depending on the amount. Next one, barley malt extract. Okay, who knows? I bad, mean bad. If we don't know what it is, it's going to be, let's, we'll Google that later what that is. Salt. Yeah, that's fine. That's good. If, in, uh, and on a side fine. note, a side note about salt is the mineral levels of salt vary depending on what salt you get. So table salt, which is probably what they've got in there, is actually dehydrating for the cells. You can get Himalayan salt, which has like 30, yeah. 30 different mineral ingredients. It's actually rehydrating to the body yeah. because of the way osmosis works with that sodium potassium pump. But I'm guessing salt, as long as you're hydrated enough. It's I mean, really let's, a, give it, yeah. let's give it let's, the benefit okay, of the doubt. Iron. Like where, that's where, good bro where have they got that from that 
Well, iron, like iron uh, supplement. Okay. Niacin. Niacin. Okay. That's a negative for sure. <laughs> There's not that many left, by the way. Okay. Pantothenic acid. Yeah. Yeah, bro. Yeah. That's awesome. And then riboflavin. What the fuck? What yeah. the hell is that? Vitamin B6, thiamine, folic acid. What's folic acid? I've heard some shit about that. Again, really? these, yeah. Vitamin D and vitamin B12. Yeah. Considering. I would say that's better that's than That's not I was that expecting. bad. But back to what I was saying about the oats, and you were saying, what's the difference? The difference is oats is oats. That's it. The ingredient is that you know what you're getting. If you want to add sugar to your breakfast, fine, but you know, you could just add some honey to the oats. I agree. Well, it doesn't give me a per 100 grams breakdown, but it gives me a per 30 grams, so we're yeah. going to have to go off that. So times by six for 100, okay. So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, quick, times by 10 to quick, get 100. Quick math. Quick math. So energy, 116 calories per... I wish they had a per 100 grams, because this per 30 grams thing is stupid. This is like when we used to play Guess the Protein. Mm. Dude, I love this. This is the best. So what I have for breakfast is... Scrambled eggs. Yeah. Low carb. I go low carb. Scrambled eggs. Maybe some salmon. Maybe some avocado. And then... Well, you can't argue with that. That's good. If I'm having a particularly heavy day for glycogen, in terms of like I'm lifting lots of weights or I'm sprinting or something, I'll have yep. some overnight oats as well, like maybe a couple of times a week for, for breakfast. But I think like the best breakfast you can have, especially if you're on a budget, is it's got to be eggs. Eggs, oh, eggs, dude. Protein in there. Honestly, eggs every single day. Mm. I probably have, probably average four eggs a day, average, meaning like every other day I'll have like eight eggs, eight or nine eggs in one go. Wow. For me, that is perfection. Eggs are good. And remember, there used to be like a real thing against eggs, but not anymore. Sometimes what I do is I get the yolk out. And I have like egg whites. You don't have the yolk? Sometimes. No, I do. I do. Oh, but okay. sometimes, if, especially if I'm on like a super diet or something. Yeah, because I think, I still think that the yolk is super good because mm. it's packed full of vitamins and stuff. Mm. Do you know, okay, so do you know who you I should follow on TikTok? Yeah. And I tried to get him on the podcast. He hasn't responded yet. A guy bodybuilder called Eddie Abu. Okay, I know him. Yeah. You know his stuff where he talks about like all the shit that's in the supermarket? Yeah, yeah. Controversial. And he's he makes it like... A he said, bit he's the one who's like, Sam Sulek's going to die any day. Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But he makes things more exaggerated for the, the sellability of the TikTok. But if you look under it and the core message, the core message is saying, don't eat processed foods, which is the direct correlation between living longer. That's his whole thing. And he's just spun it in a way which is more exaggerated and gets people to be like, Arr! because that's how they but react. Maybe, the only problem I have, I fully agree, but the only problem I have is... To what extent, like, if you're eating loads of processed food, like processed meat, processed bread, blah, 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 I think it has a very significant effect. But let's say you're having rice, or let's say these Rice Krispies, right, and there's a little bit of malto, dextrin, blah, 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 a tiny bit. Mm. How much negative effect is that really having? Because, for example, right, we're recording this in London, okay? If we're really worried about our health, we should we shouldn't be here, because okay. going in, you go into London every day, right? Yeah, dude, yeah. you're screwing yourself up. Yeah, because your lungs are getting screwed up. So at that point, probably the negative effects on your health are way worse of like your environment and the pollution than say, um, malto, dextro, folic acid. Yeah, yeah. 
you know, a tiny bit. Because overall, you know, if you look at the macros, of, as long as the overall macros are pretty good and there's not huge lists of stuff, it's probably okay. I had a guy called Gavin Wren on the podcast who's a food policy expert. That's what he does. Really? Yeah. Um, and he his episode will be out next Sunday. He basically talks about how there's different categories. So you've got ultra-processed food, and then you've got processed food, and then you've got like semi-processed food, and then natural food. And obviously it's a continuum. Like there isn't, it's not very, it's not black and white. And obviously everything in moderation is is fine. Like a lot of these sweeteners and artificial sweeteners, they're not bad for you in small amounts. They're really not. But yeah. my but then ar- some are super bad. Yeah. Like, um, what's its name? Spartame. Aspartame. Um, that's the worst. You know, they say that the the biggest negative of like aspartame is when you drip, that it kills off all of the, it basically kills off all the bacteria in your gut. Mm. Good, bad, whatever. But it literally apparently fries your gut. Biotic I've heard bad levels. things about aspartame. I've heard that's insane. A lot of bad things. And, and I think it's officially a, a carcinogen in California now. Right. Which is, now, I, one thing I always really try and stay away from is the fizzy drinks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the a- aspartame. Yeah. And probably it's better to have a sugar full fat Coke than an aspartame. But that tastes so sweet and it's so full of sugar. That's so bad. And a lot of the time it also has aspartame. Yeah, and that's your reason to not drink either. Yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah, those those drinks, sugary drinks. Bro, I mean, it's so fucked. It's fucked. Because you're you're now considered not normal or you're now considered on a diet if you're eating raw ingredients and like you're turning things down. People are like, oh, because there's so much of it. You go into a supermarket and probably like 5% of stuff in there maybe less is like what would be considered part of a healthy diet and everything else is like packaged with loads of ingredients and you're considered a freak if you turn down all that stuff but back our grandparents doesn't matter where in the world you were 50 years ago 60 years ago would have been subject to whatever the harvest was for that year the season is the availability of food in that area and only in the last 10, 20 years have we been shown, or like you can have anything at any point in time. In the UK, for example, you would have had strawberries in summer or whenever it was in season. You would have had potatoes, you would have had meat. Like it was just so different back then. And I don't think we'll know the full implications of what that's doing to our health until another 50 years. Yeah, because there's now so many new factors that yeah. have never been studied. And also, if you look at correlations between that and just look at the average person the average person is overweight that was not the case you see videos of these gyms in 1960 school gyms and under jfk's um exercise regime i've seen that and they're dude they're in shape their jaw lines are chiseled their they their skin looks good their hair looks good this is 40 years ago when everybody it was considered an anomaly if you were fat and you were considered an anomaly because fat people didn't exist back then unless you genuinely had some kind of thyroid problem the amount of people these days that go i'm fat because of because of this or because of that well they say a lot of it now is um like your gut bacteria level apparently can really really affect your digestion slash your basically you gaining weight so going back to what you said about super interesting the the sweetener that 
destroys you. No, but exactly, yeah, exactly. Like, it it just wasn't the case back then. Our grandparents, our parents, even our par- I f- I feel sorry for our parents because our parents, that age between like 14, 50 years old, were the first generation that had to go through eating these things and not being aware. We, yeah. our generation, have knowledge and are aware that these things are bad for you. And yet we still have them, but at least we're at least we are the ones to blame. We're making the decision as to what comes into our mouth. Yeah, our parents didn't have that. Our parents were told that, or grandparents were told that smoking is good for you, or like Coca Cola was good for you. The first adverts for Coca- really did they used to say Dude, that Coca Cola was good? Oh for you? my god! Dude, that's the insane. first adverts for Coca Cola. Oh my god! You, someone's got to like f- pull that up because there's literally some like attractive lady being like. If you want your day to be like more energized, drink Coca Cola, and they're advertising it like it's some kind of health product. And our parents were sucked into it. The worst—that's insane. Sugar it changes the way your brain thinks. It you start to crave it subconsciously, and your brain thinks a bit differently. And we, as a society, are addicted to it. And unfortunately for our parents, they didn't know what they were getting into really, because it slowly got introduced into society. Now it's everywhere we can make the choice to like bin it and think the other scary thing is think of all the environmental things in our day-to-day environment that are super bad for us that we have no idea about for example you know talking of our grandparents generation asbestos mm. back then it's like oh yeah asbestos it's fine now obviously we know how bad it is dude when i was a kid i used to we used to run across the garages on top of the garages they were all asbestos garages the roofs dude we used to play on them yeah <laughs> we used to, and they were all old garages as well that's insane they were all it? like full almost like falling apart asbestos i really this makes me really worry sometimes about like 5g and then whatever wi-fi or my phone and i think mm. and i'm still using it which is so funny it's because i'm more kind of like worried about it. i don't you know have any particular opinions on it but i think to myself man like people have this assumption in their head that hey if it was, it, well, they wouldn't allow it unless it was safe, right? You know, if someone has like some concerns about 5G or, you know, whatever, Wi-Fi or your phone, using your phone too much, being on your phone too much, people are like, uh, <clears throat> they wouldn't let you do that if it wasn't safe, bro. This, but guess what? They did that with asbestos. They did that with cigarettes, I mean, cigarettes, so many Coca-Cola. other things. They, they don't, you know, nobody cares. Nobody cares. No, that's not how it works. You know, and do you know what pisses me off is that it we are always behind. So it's like, oh, but the science doesn't show that. It's like the science hasn't caught up. Yet. Exactly. Yeah. And Coca Cola will use that as their defense as to why they can sell it because it's like, oh no, it hasn't been shown that it's bad for you. Oh, it probably has now. The 5G is like, you can't say that because there's no data to prove it. And it's like, yeah, there's no data to prove it. Yeah, because they just roll it out, don't it hasn't, they? It <laughs> hasn't been, how, how are you, what, you've done your data experiment on rats. Exactly. you're extrapolating that to the human and population. And the problem is that the 5G has been around for whatever X number of years. But to do a proper, like, long-term study, you need 10, 15 years. Yeah. So it's actually impossible. So show me the studies where you have done on a mass population of all demographics, ages, and lifestyles. Exactly. Where you have done on a wide enough number of people. Show me the studies you've done on human beings over a 20-year span of five years. Plus, you have to make sure they're unbiased studies, which is a whole other thing. Yep. 
and, and me and Gavin spoke about that as well of like where does the political science get involved of food pretty much everywhere it's always there it's always pretty there. much everywhere that's the, the other insane thing now is someone eats meat decides it's not healthy goes vegan thinks it's more healthy than when they're in that Tesco situation instead of picking milk they'll pick some soy milk or whatever with way more other mm. ingredients and then in, instead of picking like a bacon sandwich they'll pick dude a fake meat you was corn you know what, sandwich i love i love the era of like five ten years ago when it was like oh i'm so vegan so much more healthy like they've even got these vegan options in the supermarkets and now it's come out that like all that vegan stuff is so bad for you it's bad for you bro it's so bad for you well, that, it's because it's so heavily processed to get it to taste like meat when it isn't meat. Well, why would you do that anyway? Well, I can understand people's concern with um, if they're very conscious about the way animals are treated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, but why, what's the point of the of chasing the meat replacement? It doesn't really make sense to me. Yeah, you should just stick with your lentils. Yeah, but as in, like, it makes uh, fine if someone's vegan, it makes mm. sense. That's that's their decision, but what's... I, don't I think what put them over the edge was when Greg's came out with the vegan sausage roll and all of a sudden people were like, wait a minute, it can't be healthy if it's come out of Greg's and it yeah. tastes just like a sausage roll. That's Some, so funny. Something's going. So my, my little thing that I say to myself, and I've always said this, if it tastes nice, there's usually a catch. Yeah. Because your brain is alerted to that for some reason. There's usually a catch to it. So if it's sugar-free and fat-free and it still tastes nice, there's a catch there. Or if it's meat-free and it still tastes like meat, there's a catch there. There's nothing that tastes nice. And, and you know what I mean by nice. You can have like a nice salad and like have beautifully cooked fish and meat and whatever. But by nice, I'm talking about like that, ooh, that, that, that thing that your body's like, ooh, there's something, there's some sugar in here or there's some like chemical in here that you know there's a chemical that does something to the receptors in your mouth where it excites them taste receptors so that you could put that chemical on shit and you could eat the shit and it would still taste nice no way yeah and they put, dude they put that in. don't quote me on this but i think they put it in <laughs> <laughs> so what else would we want to talk about Are there well, any other topics i mean we just spent an hour talking about gym and food which i think is cool so that's good because if you're here listening for a, a music podcast oh shit not, yeah Oh shit, we should talk about like the journey of a singer. Yeah. So uh, bodybuilding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like it, man. I think um, so good. people are always quick to pigeonhole you, especially if you've pigeonholed yourself, right? Until you do something which is outside the box and you do it multiple times and then they go, oh, he does that as well. Yep. So like with the podcast, it. Uh, I remember my mate messaging me going, why have you got that guy on? Because not you, but um, some someone else that I had on the show. They were like, "Why have you got that guy on? He's not a singer." Um, I'm trying to think who it was now. The first, basically, the first one I had on that wasn't a singer. My mate was like, "What's this got to do with singing?" But now I've had so many people on that aren't singers um, that I think it's you know like Joe Rogan has the be biggest podcast in the world and he has all sorts of people on there. It started off with just him and his mates talking shit. And he's ended up with politicians, with 
as soon as he got the first politician on, people were probably like, why is he going into politics? But now Joe Rogan is considered to be... He's like the biggest, he's basically like the biggest show you could be on. Yeah, and even for politics as well. Yeah, apparently he's going to like interview Donald Trump. Oh yeah, I heard about this one. That's going to be insane. I cannot wait. That would be cool. That would be, I mean, that would just be entertaining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just three hours of a mm. Trump interview. But until until you do something... Out, I remember when I first started singing, people were like, why is he singing? He's a rugby player. And when I first started doing the podcast, people were like, why is he doing a podcast? And, uh, dude, I've learned to just ignore yeah, everyone's no, opinion. Absolutely. I don't, I don't... You know, I found... It, you know what's really helped me with that is, especially now, this week I gained... I've got 12,000 new followers this week on TikTok. Yeah, I see. So you're on like 50,000 total. I'm on like almost 60,000 now. Dude, that's insane. I got over a million views this week on my channel. And loads of comments, like thousands of comments. And I'm going through them. Um, you know how Joe Rogan says, because he works in the fight business and he's watched so many people get beaten up, he's become desensitized to violence. I feel like I've become desensitized to comments. That's so good. Because I scroll through so many of them, I dissociate them from being anything personal. Yeah, negative comment. I mean, this is the thing. Like people, if anyone in your life ever says something negative, I don't see many situations where it's justified for you to like take it to heart. No. Who really cares? What do we mean by take it to heart? Because Well, like you shouldn't let I, it emotionally affect you. And let, but for example, if you told me something I would I would value your opinion. Yeah, yeah. If you were like, but that's because we're best friends. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you've you've got to be very selective as to who you trust the judgment of. Yeah, that's so true. And everyone else that you don't trust the judgment of. If you wouldn't have that person in your house sleeping over, and in, and and here's a good one: if you wouldn't trust that person with your credit card, then don't take their opinion on anything. Because, dude, bro, that's a that's actually a good one. I'd even give you my credit you card need to right click now. That. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> If you can't trust someone with your credit card. You should not give a shit about what they're saying. Then you should. They shouldn't trust them with. They trust opinion. their opinion. Yeah, it doesn't. That's so true. Dude, I'd I'd leave you with my wallet for a year. Ha. And then that yeah, a lot of G shocks. And at the same time, to. I'd ex I'd expect you to a purchase G shocks. Yeah. So to, that's the right. That's correct. That's what I'd expect you to do. Yeah. Max out. <laughs> I would expect you to max out on, on this credit card. <laughs> no, but that's actually a really good point. Um, I didn't think about that. Yeah. So who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? Now the other thing is this, and this is maybe a counter to the point that I just said. I do care about my Instagram page because I care about potential clients coming on and looking at my stuff. I want my Instagram to be a CV portfolio for them to go, oh, this guy's very professional, slick, and we can put him in the room with the King of Sweden and he can sing for them. That's true. Which, by the way, on a side note, I sang for Swedish royalty this week, which was kind oh, of... Oh, bro, that's insane. I remember you... That's when we were calling after, right? Uh, it was on Friday. Uh, yeah, I sang, awesome. sang for them on Friday. So that was, that was kind of cool. But back to the point, Instagram should be like a reel. And I, I would want anyone to go on there and be like, Okay, and if I posted something a bit off or not on brand, and they're like, oh, I, I don't like this, I just wanted to book a singer or whatever, then that does affect me because that directly affects my income and my booking potential. Yeah, because reputation is so important. Yeah. Your personal brand is kind of like your reputation. So back to not caring what people say, I think like I'm sure you care about like what people at your work think. Yeah. You have to. 
you know that's that's what makes it complicated <clears throat> you shouldn't care about what people say but then you kind of should care about what yeah, people say yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh i shot myself in the foot no but it's true Dude, i no, thought i had no, like no. a clippable thing <laughs> yeah but just clip this bit out okay <laughs> <laughs> just um, make it a short little clip yeah because the thing is if you didn't care about what anyone thought you would basically be self-entitled and yeah i mean i care about being part of a society and and yeah, so actually you should care. Yeah. You know what? How about, how's this? Normalize caring what people think. Yeah. Because actually, everyone's always like, ah, we don't care about what people say. No, you, you know? should care but about actually, what people say. <laughs> you actually should. <laughs> oh, it doesn't matter like what you're wearing sort of thing. Or, like, you shouldn't care what people think. But the reality but it, is. It does matter what you're wearing. It hu- <laughs> you know how contradictory I sound right now. Yeah, I but care. hey, but it's good to contradict yourself. Okay. It is good because yeah. it means that you're going on a journey of thought. Mm. And as long as you admit that you contradict yourself, that's good. I care so much about my appearance on stage. Yeah. So much. Because you're, guess what? You're a performer and you should. Yeah. And anyone, you know what? Okay. I'm going to flip this 180, okay? Mm. Forget everything I just said about, oh, we shouldn't care about what people say. There's actually a problem in society where people will use the term of, like, oh, I don't care what people say about me to basically make, to bring you down. So, for example, if you're wearing something nice, if you are taking an effort to wear, like, a nice top and then think about what you're wearing, blah, 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 people will be like, <clears throat> why do you care what people think? Just wear whatever you want. But actually, it should be encouraged for mm. you to care about. I mean, you're a performer, dude. You should. You I should, should be telling everyone. I should be literally telling everyone right now, you should care what people say. Yeah. You should. But there's a line, isn't there? I think the reason we're contradicting ourselves is because it's not black and white. Oh man, it's tricky. When it's you get into these one. thought when you get into these thought processes, you realise that there's no right or wrong answer. Because if there was if there if there was, then everyone would know that there's a right it's like with the training thing there's no right or right wrong way to train particularly yeah. there's no like perfect way to do it that's why there's so many opinions and by the way we didn't touch on this before but when we had this discussion in the past i was saying when whenever anyone takes on a new training regime it's the shock factor to the body which makes them adapt because you're so adapted to your training program before whenever Agreed. you try something new your body is adapting to it and therefore you're getting better because of the shock factor um, which is why there's so many of these programs out there and why yeah. so many people are getting results from all these different programs. You've been doing the same thing for 12 years and then you switch to a new program. Of course you're going to get results because your body's not used to that new thing. It's like going back to what I said about the boxing. Like It's not even lifting weights, you're just throwing a punch, but your body's not used to stretching the bicep like that. In that motion. Yeah. So I watched the uh, Oppenheimer movie. Have you seen it? No. Is it, is it worth watching? I thought it was really good. I thought it's it about really the good. atom bomb inventor, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's a few things from that movie that I took. The first one is, this is going to sound crazy, but in general, I think about the world war, like probably on a daily basis. Really? Because what, what, me too. What actually pisses me off about society, people walking around complaining about things. And it's like, you realize that in the world war, there would have been bombs dropped on your head right now. And you're complaining that your latte is too warm or too cold. Like, the perspective of what a problem is in this day and age is totally, totally blown out of proportion to what a real life problem is. The other thing that gets me, imagine right now that the troops had returned to the UK, to England, right? As a woman, your husband may or not have survived the war. If 
you were lucky enough that your husband was there and survived the war, just think how happy you would be to see that person. How long did it take for those two people to have an argument or to argue about the dishes? I wonder, that's a really interesting question. Or to argue about the sheets not being made. I tell you what, that is a question I would love to ask someone who was in that situation. Because that's fascinating. Because you know what's interesting? Maybe they still did have arguments about that. I don't know. It's really interesting. We'd have to ask. We as humans adapt so quickly and our level of comfort gets, the bar of comfort gets dropped so quickly. It's scary to what you think a problem is. And that's why it's good to put yourself in scenarios that are genuinely, that's why exercise is so good. That's why pushing for your goals to get to the next level is so good because your bar of problems becomes higher. The, the bigger you get as a business, the more problems you have. You're no longer caring about like, oh, I've got to pay two people. It's like all of a sudden you'll pay 100 people. But so back to the Oppenheimer thing, there was that. It really brings things into perspective. Like your day-to-day problems mean shit. Yep. You're, you're not getting shot at. And every single thing that we go through every single day in life, I think it's good to stop and be like, ah, this is awesome. I get to do this right now. Mm. Like we had a Burger King. Yeah. Dude, how awesome is that? We walked into a store and within two minutes we had- And guess what? We don't even like we don't even have to worry about the fine because we're lucky. We don't have to worry about that. We can afford to just oh we oh feel like getting a burger king. Yeah, we'll just get a burger king. Or, you know, dude, sometimes if I'm eating like an apple, I'm just thinking like, man, this is so awesome. You just get we just get to eat an apple right now. Or how awesome is this? Like when I went into the Airbnb, me and Darina uh we're like videoing it and i sent a video to you i sent a video Mm. to my sister i sent a video to my baby brother i sent a video of it to charlie the same video like i made a new one each time Mm -hmm. and i was thinking like damn i'm I'm," and darina was making my my girlfriend was making videos for like her mom and her friends and i was thinking like man we're i said to her we're so lucky because we have like four or five people then when we when we turn up to an airbnb we can send them a video of it how cool is that like little tiny things. How insane and awesome is that? And or a watermelon. When you have a watermelon. I mean, that's yeah. insane. Bro, like this, the life we live now. We're lucky. We're so lucky. And you've got to remind yourself about that every day. And that's one of the reasons I think about the world war every day. We're not at war. We're not in the trenches. We're not rationing food. You don't have to go and line yeah. up in a, in a line and give over a ticket so that you can have two slices of bread for the day. Well, but, dude, and... and, and the UK had it really good in World War Two, really good. I I remember um, once when I first came to the UK, we had a, a really old l- Russian lady, and we came around to some like meal like at someone's house, and there was a really old English lady, and both of them had lived through the war, mm-hmm. and the the lady I think I forgot her name, but she was like, ah, oh, it was so hard in World War Two, like we had to make cake from bread, and it was just so difficult. And the Russian lady was like, that's, man, that's nothing that, you know, Europe suffered like so much more during World War Two. And isn't it interesting, that same thing of like the problems, there was a layer even within that. So in the UK, there was like rationing, but that was the least of your problems because there was rationing and maybe you'd get bombed occasionally. But ultimately in Europe, in like Poland and Russia, people were getting shipped off on mass, you know, making rationing was the least of your problems your home was getting like burnt out you're getting hunted by nazis Bro, we, so even there there was that like first world problems yeah isn't that crazy we live in the most comfortable time in the world 
and yet we live at a time when I hear the most complaints. People love to complain and they fail to appreciate that we live in the safest, in this country right now, probably one of the safest places. If you had to pick a pinpoint in the history of mankind, you would probably pinpoint today. When, other, when else would you want to live? Yeah. If you right now had the choice to transport to any other point in human history, all the way back to the Neanderthals, you would still pick the modern day and age. Maybe like the 50s or 60s or whatever. Maybe I'd transfer to like 2015. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it was a bit better then. Like five years ago. It's five, six, seven years ago. I think I'd love, a, I'd love to stab at the 50s and 60s. I think I would like that time. Really? But the point is... Well, the 50s and 60s was a very special time because if you look at the amount of progress that was happening in the 50s and 60s, it was massive. Mm -hmm. In the US, in the Soviet Union, massive amounts of progress. And actually, that's the kind of boom that China is seeing now. Mm, mm. And everybody likes to hate on China, but whatever anyone thinks, most of the time, I don't know if you saw that viral video of Andrew Ma interviewing the Chinese ambassador. Yes. Did you see that? Uh, is that the one where... Mm, He's like, I'm China's a, a friend. Yeah. We're not competing and this and that. Yeah. But he basically like lays out how much better China is doing than the UK in every aspect. Mm. But it really brings things in perspective. And that's why like every morning I try and like go into the... Because dude, for, oh, I feel like people really don't grasp this concept. When you wake up in the morning, you need to take a moment of time to realize that there aren't bombs being dropped on your head and that you're not in the trenches and that your ancestors... Which is going on right now in, which say, is going Ukraine. On in parts of the world. Yeah. Not, not even just Ukraine. Like, think about all the areas that, where, where people are trying to kill each other right now. Yeah. Dude, think about Africa. 7,000 Africans that turned up in Italy yesterday on a boat. Really? 7,000 Africans. All men just turned up on a boat and just landed on this island in Italy. Because... 7,000? Dude. 7,000 Africans. Guess the population of that Italian island. Which island was it? Um, I don't know. Six and a half thousand. <laughs> Six and a half thousand? Are were, you serious? Is that true? I think so. We should Google it because I'm probably talking about my <laughs> I'm regurgitating information. Imagine if it's Let like, me. how many turned up? So was it 7,000? It can't be, surely. 6,800 came in in 24 hours. Wow. Higher than the island's population. Imagine. Yeah. They came up through Tunisia, up from Africa. The point is, right from now... Tu th via Tunisia? Yeah, they came up through Tunisia. I wonder what main country they're coming from. But Africa's another level. We don't know what's going on right now in the Amazon and the Africa. And like, we wake up and, it, and we have so much opportunity as a human yeah, to go Yeah, we're out. lucky. And when I, I know this sounds all negative, but when I think about these things, I wake up and I'm so fucking pumped for the day because I know that my great granddad, who I've had conversations with, he's not alive now, but he fought in World War II. And I just think what he had to go through so that I could wake up in London to pursue my dreams as an actor and a singer is phenomenal. Phenomenal. Like, yeah. I owe it to him and everyone else from all the other countries that gave their life to war, I owe it to them to use the freedom that they created to my absolute maximum. Yeah. You, everybody owes it. Well, you them. owe it as well to whoever's on a boat trying to come come here via Italy because exactly. just to be in, in less of a position than you, i.e. come to a country with no money, 
they're willing to basically like risk their life mm-hmm. and we get to just be here we're already here yeah so that's actually a good i do always think that that is a reason why you should always try and push yourself as much as you can mm-hmm. because there are people who that's you know that's not on their priority list because they're on their priority list is like survival and since we're not in that situation we should really push ourselves and and comfort is a killer comfort is a killer like as yeah. soon as you get comfortable there's that pyramid of needs that psych- psychology pyramid of needs and at the bottom is all your basic needs like your food shelter safety all that kind of stuff once you've ticked those off your brain kind of switches off a little bit and you're not as hungry literally and motivationally you're not as hungry for stuff and you've got to trick your brain and in a way to do that is to remind yourself that there are people on boats from africa trying to get into your position in europe because they want a better life they want the life that you've got they're probably willing to work hard and not slack dude i bet their work ethic if they've managed to trek across africa they've got to be tenacious well yeah we'll be in like a little boat well, think about the, those um, people that have escaped korea north korea north korea Think about the tenacity that they have to go through. Uh, going back to the Oppenheimer movie, something else that I found super fascinating mm-hmm. was, and I didn't realize this was the case, um, but obviously Einstein's in that movie and it, it gives you like this point of, oh my God, that's the literal handing over the baton of physics because Einstein is like towards the end of his life and Einstein wasn't a fan of quantum physics. He was a classical physicist. And he started to believe more in God and the divine and, and religion and that kind of thing. That so he was religious when he died, Einstein? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Damn. Yeah. So, But during the time in which Einstein was still alive, World War II and the atomic bomb was being made, and all these physicists came to Einstein on multiple occasions to ask his opinion on stuff because they wanted to check the classical physics. And what's super fascinating is when you go down to a quantum level, classical physics doesn't really add up the laws of physics change when you get to quantum physics even things like gravity and and stuff like that they don't quite add up and peter will know more about this but there was a close to zero chance that when they did the test for the atomic bomb it would cause a chain reaction that would destroy the entire world Mm. But considering that they are now basing their calculations on quantum physics, where there's more unknowns and it's a newer science, you just got to damn well hope, kind of like when you're launching rockets, you've got to damn well hope that your maths is on point and that your theories add up because they're, and even if they did add up, there's still a chance that that atomic bomb, that test bomb that they did in the desert could have chain reacted and blown up the whole world. So I think every time they drop an atomic bomb, there's always a slim chance that it will keep going. Really? And just just wipe out the whole world. Well, it's good. I think they've banned testing them now. They don't test them anymore, which is good. Yeah, that's probably good. Apart from North Korea. Are they still testing? They still test. Fuck. Damn. How crazy is that? That's insane. I mean, the things people were willing to do during the Cold War and World War II Mm. was crazy. I think I swear some American scientists were going to blow a hole in the trying to blow a hole in the atmosphere in the ozone layer or something. I really respect in the sixties like, or in the fifties. They did some crazy. They did stuff, some dude. crazy, and you know what? Do you I know really about respect? MK Ultra? Yes, yeah. you know about MK yeah, Ultra. Yeah, yeah. That's insane, bro. LSD they, on. They were literally soldiers. kidnapping people. Off. No, they were kidnapping oh, people oh, off yeah, the street. Yeah, 
and giving them like LSD doses and just like basically killing them and trying to see if they can control their minds. Yeah. And apparently they like realized it didn't work, apparently, and just abandoned it. But they would like kidnap people off the streets. Oh, man. The Cold War was on another level. But I, okay, I, I need to rephrase. I was about to say, I really respected the government officials' ability to like try things. Successful sides, winning sides, have tried things that are like, this could work, but it might not. Like during World War II, they made like an inflatable army so that they would distract Hitler. And they even had sounds playing as though it was an army in big speakers to make it look yeah, I like, think it was like the false landing of D-Day. They yeah, made like a false, like a false build thing. up. Yeah, but then you watch films like this is one with Cumberbatch in it. Um, it's called the. It's about the Turing, Alan Turing. Yeah, have you seen? That He's film? from Guildford. He is from Guildford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn. Have, have you seen that film? I haven't, dude. That film also is kind of like Oppenheimer, where it opens up your eyes to like the stuff that they would try. Just to yeah. try and get ahead. And it's like, a shame because he broke the code, mm -hmm. but then he got like basically chemically castrated because he was yeah. gay. And then he killed himself. And then he killed himself. It's, it's it's a sad one. And and another theme is that they, the politics then fl turn on the scientists. So like when their job is done, they're an easy scapegoat. Like if something goes wrong, well look, the science didn't add up. That's that was on them. Um, and then in this movie, The Oppenheimer, it shows it how. When World War Two was over, Oppenheimer came under loads of stick because of um, the atomic bomb and all this kind of stuff. And it's really interesting. Yeah. But, I mean, history is rewritten by the winning side, isn't it, at the end of the day? Yeah. The, the winning side is glorified and old. Yeah. obviously they made the right decisions. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's very... Although I guess in World War Two, so, like, if you look at it really objectively, to be fair... That's probably one example of a war where I really do think there was like a good and bad side. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, it's very hard to debate that Hitler was a good person yeah, doing yeah. doing good things, isn't it? Whereas yeah. other wars are like... Yeah, especially when you're first defining things, like the lines on a map. Those Every single line on a map was defined by some form of yeah. agreement or war. Yeah, exactly. And think of the amount of lines on a map. So many. But that's what's cr even crazier is that's kind of happening now. Mm. In in Europe, you know, people are going off and mm -hmm. both sides, they have to go off and just like kill each other. Your skill doesn't even really come into it because it's mostly like artillery yeah. and you just get killed like sitting in a trench. Yeah. You're a cog in a system. You're literally just another pawn. Mm. Isn't that insane? Dude. Meanwhile, we're here. We're here talking bro science. <laughs> Complaining about maltodextrin. Ah, <laughs> oh, bro, malto rice krispies is the new thing. Like, I think the biggest thing you can appreciate is your health. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Actually, I I love these quotes where I see things like, "Oh, the twenty-year-old guy spends all his time thinking about the luxury car that he wants and the watch," and like. By the time he's 50 or 60 and he has that, all he can think about is the health that he had when he was 20. Yeah. And actually the biggest asset you can have is having a six pack. A six yeah. pack gets you more respect than a watch or a car. Yeah, like that video you sent me, yeah. Yeah. You talk about how very few people have a six pack, but a lot of people have nice cars and nice houses. Yeah. And, and it's something that money can't buy. So it's a true... Because the thing is, there are people that have inherited money or people that have squandered money or people that have 
got money in unethical ways and they've got the house and the car you don't know exactly how that person's got the money or yeah. how how fair it was but everyone when it comes to health and fitness not everyone like some people have disabilities and are at a disadvantage but everyone has the chance to yeah. get a six-pack but most people on this planet will never visibly see their abs although as a countermeasure purely just i want to just just out of interest to push back on that the only thing that I would say against that is it's not actually that hard to get one. And having one, I'm purely being devil's advocate, mm. whatever, purely just arguing against you. I do agree with you, though. But um, it's not that hard to have one. And B, by having one, what are you, okay, like what are you really achieving for humanity or other people just by you having a six pack? Mm. Which and I, I'm interested in that because obviously we very you're point. saying that from the video of the guy set you sent that video of the guy who basically says like yeah there's 22 million millionaires in the US but only three million people have a six pack and it's like blah 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 but let's say if you're a millionaire because you invented some patented technology which helps improve the speed of payments or something but you don't have a six pack. Mm -hmm. But then maybe you have a six pack. You don't really have anything else. You're just like a bodybuilder with a six pack. I think there's one of the dangers of, you know, okay, well, what does that actually do? Mm. No, you're right. Which I is another, not to bring it back to Mike Mensah, but that's another m point Mike Mensah made. He was basically like, bodybuilders love to train for four hours a day because they've got nothing else to do. <laughs> and he was like, they don't actually want to like develop themselves as humans. They yeah. just want to go to the gym and get bigger. And so his point was, you should train less because it will mean that you will have more time to develop yourself as a person. Agreed. But it, uh, you know, again, I fully agree with you about the six second, but it does make me think sometimes like, and I agree with you. you and know, I, I agree with both points. And I think this is, you know, sometimes I, I I think I should be less open-minded and stick to a point more, but I'm very open to the different sides of the story. Yeah, me too. And I think I, it's important to flip everything on its head. Yeah, and I completely agree with that. I completely agree with that. I think pe there's a lot of people that are like in great shape that aren't doing a lot. I'm just thinking in terms of assets, like what would you want the most? Like an AP watch, a Lamborghini, or to be in great physical health? Most people, I think. If I had to pick one, yeah, obviously health. And I think, health beats anything. And I think that's like probably the point I agree with most is that you should be most appreciative of your health rather than your materialistic possessions. Yeah. And the reality is, you're healthier in your twenties than you are in your sixties. So, um, whilst it's good to be motivated by the watch and the car, not to get like depressed or upset if you don't have that, because the reality is, your health is good. Yeah. I think that's probably the the point i fully agree i fully agree mm. i mean yeah. think how much you would pay i always think this to myself dude think how much people do pay to get cosmetic surgery well or let's say just to be let's say you have a health issue and when someone has a health issue or their life is at risk they're willing to pay everything they have to fix that and we get to have that right now in this moment mm -hmm. for you know for free and it's crazy because yeah, probably the richest man in the world might give away all of his money just to be in your position right now. Yeah, I think about that a lot. And we, and we think, oh, I think we're probably we're probably done. We're probably over. Time. We had a pretty good one though. Yeah, we did. Oh, it's six o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's let's all wrap right, up. Let's wrap it up. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Woo.